0: Boys and girls, to another episode of k Babe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know It All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined here once again by the rest of the k Babe crew. The King of the K-Fave Kickflip. It is going to be Mr. Wex breaking the loss. And Wex, how you living, but
1: Living fantastic today. No rain, like I thought it was going to be. So you know, nice day. A little chilly, but
0: no rain's always good. Always good when it's not raining. And, of course, the patron saint of the rock block himself, Mr. Jesse Baker. Jesse, how you living, bro?
2: Man, I'm just loving life right now. Had a really good day, really productive day. Got a lot of stuff done. About to hear about a lot of things coming out of this guy. So, you know, be good, 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 good.
0: I'm excited. I'm super excited for it. Um, as we always do, we're going to run down this week's episode. We are talking about, it's a double nostalgia episode, which we haven't done very many this season. Um, and it's also WrestleMania season. And I would argue that these two WrestleManias are maybe not underrated, but, um, not talked about enough. If that makes sense. I think everyone knows they're great, but they're not talked about enough. It's WrestleMania 13 versus WrestleMania 18. Uh, I am stupid hype about this show. Uh, I've got a lot to say and yeah, I'm super, super excited before we get to that. Um, last week's show, did you guys get any good feedback on the Crockett cup episode? Um, and then of course the uncensored 97, anybody get feedback on that one? I definitely got a little bit of feedback, especially about the
1: Crockett cup stuff and some of the lackluster booking that was going on again. And, uh, yeah, some people kind of agreed. People, Less people disagree, but most people kind of agree with everything,
0: and uh, more had the laugh at it than anything. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, Jesse, did you get any feedback on your side?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I felt like people were kind of glad to hear everybody kind of spilling everything about both shows, but at the same time, Crockett Cup clearly not booked well. Uh, There were surprises. There were some things that everybody thought were good at the same time. I think the WCW coverage was far more appreciated.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, it's always nice, too, to be able to go back to the nostalgia episodes because, to be, to be totally honest, we're always kind of booking this show in the dark and we're just kind of uh, picking what was going on at the time. And sometimes they're absolute turds. But this one turned out to be a pretty good one. Um, if you did miss last week, go back, check it out. NWA Crockett Cup 2022 versus WCW Uncensored 1997. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited, man. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show... We get to my favorite segment, and it's Wexley spills the tea. Fill up my cup, baby. What you got for me?
1: All right. So one of the big, important headlines of the week, WWE dropped marijuana from their wellness policy, which well I think that's a pretty big deal because that's kind of been a big thing for years. Remember when RVD got busted when he had the title?
0: Yep, I do. What could have been? could have been totally i agree i mean i think it's a it's an archaic rule i mean i know a lot a lot of corporate jobs now like they'll still drug test but they're not testing for thc anymore like amazon Um, yeah yeah which is awesome i mean i mean it's come on guys like of all things for people to be upset about we ain't it man it ain't it
2: i feel like it's one of those situations everyone that has ever worked that company that left the company has recognized that since it's not legit competition, there's really no reason for marijuana to be an issue. Yeah, and now we're here.
0: I agree. I agree. Not that marijuana would enhance your performance as a uh, athlete, but uh, exactly. Yeah, Matt Riddle yeah, totally is agree. fucking stoked right now. <laughs> Bro, <Bruh. laughs> he
1: can definitely
0: smoke stoked for free. Stoked and smoked.
1: Hell yeah! And uh, some uh, interesting, uh, funny news shano mac is back in the fold and apparently will be at wrestlemania this weekend and i'm gonna go ahead and predict it seth rollins is gonna come out and we're all gonna be like cody rhodes and then we're gonna hear here comes the money instead and he's gonna come down there and face him that would be fucking hilarious and i would love if they did that
0: but uh we'll see what happens what do y'all think i wouldn't put it past them i wouldn't put it past them to the closer we get the more i don't think it's going to be cody rhodes because I just feel like they're hearing too much chatter, and they're like, oh, we're just going to save him for the Raw after Mania, because that's, that's still a big show to them. And I don't know. I think they might want to swerve people just to swerve people, even though obviously Cody would be a much better match.
2: I disagree. I think it's still going to be Seth and Cody. I think the O mac thing is going to come into play with the KO show instead.
1: Mm. Okay, yeah, they do have history there, so maybe they'll play that up.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I don't mind that at all, actually.
1: All right. This was announced pretty much a few days after we recorded the last episode, but a uh, l- longtime fan favorite of ours, Triple H, is finally retired due to finally his heart retired.
0: condition. Yeah, that's, it's a bummer, man. It's a bummer that he didn't get to have the send off that uh, a lot of guys get, but a lot of guys don't. So, I mean, the guys had an amazing career. Um, and I dare say like, it, I mean, he's, he's his his career is not over. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, he's just not taking bumps anymore, but he's still very much entrenched in everything that is p- the professional wrestling business to me. So, I mean, definitely want to tip your hat to an amazing bell to bell career. I mean, Jesus, that, that dude is, I mean, you could say what you want about him, but the dude could work and the dude was a great heel. He could talk to, I mean, iconic. What more can you say? Hall of Famer for sure. Yep, he's going to have a match on both of these shows we're about to cover. Yep.
2: I feel like Triple H is severely underrated only because of the position that he took in the office. It's the same way that a lot of people felt about Shane and Stephanie when they did stuff, except they didn't start as wrestlers. Right. I agree. I agree fully.
1: Oh, yeah. So another really big, important thing for WWE news this week, the Steiners, the Steiners, the Steiner brothers, plural, are being inducted into the Hall of Fame.
0: Wow. That's all I have to say. Wow. I never thought. I mean, that's. Wow. I, do you think they're going to let him have a mic? Dude, I mean, they're going to have a speech, right? I don't
2: know. I we, don't know. I, maybe they reformat the Hall of Fame and they don't yeah. let anything. You know, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised since it's Taker and Vince is inducting him that no one else gets a proper induction as we're used to. Yeah. I mean we've got Vader who they avoided. We got right. Charmel, who I'm not sure how much anybody really wants to hear that speech. Like that point in time. she
1: honestly look, there's so many it doesn't make any better sense. people for like it Charmel. Make I mean sense. she wasn't bad, but she was like a manager for a short period, like I like, was, a for, girl, or, yeah. she was a nitro girl though. <laughs> she wasn't nitro girl.
2: But I just don't I don't know. I hope they do. I really, really, really hope they do.
0: Yeah, I hope they get a mic, too. I mean, I just want to see what he's going to say. I just feel like it's shock TV, but I I, I want to see what he's going to say for sure.
1: He's like, Vince, even though you're an asshole, he's a fat ass. 30, uh, he would just, you know, start yeah. spitting some stupid shit. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of stupid shit and very funny shit, uh... Noticed today by somebody, I think I saw this on Twitter, maybe somewhere else in news, some news fucking site, but Buddy Murphy's name was accidentally listed in the WWE alumni section as Bussy Murphy.
0: Oh, Bussy? Yes. <laughs> oh,
1: Bussy Murphy? Why Murphy.
0: That's, that's too it's good, dude. Up. I don't even know what to say to that. I feel like that, there's no more, like, yeah, you don't have to say anything. That joke writes itself right there. You just kind of wow that's a yeah that's wild
1: is that an intentional typo was there like some aew hate going on by somebody on like in the editing room there like what you know what was happening
0: uh i don't know i mean i think it's just it probably is just literally a typo
1: i mean yeah the d is literally next yeah. to the s on the
0: keyboard yeah it's so probably just a regular a typo that we're all picking typo. apart but um but still it's funny it's a funny mistake for sure oh yeah
1: so yeah, we got a big fucking weekend of WrestleMania. We got the Collective. We got WrestleCon. We got SuperCard of Honor, and WrestleMania. Too much, guys. Of but uh, dude, SuperCard of Honor just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Just announced Tully Blanchard is going to be debuting his new client against Ninja Mac in the open contract.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean I don't know if Tully's is Tully still with AEW or is that yeah. over? No, he's with. I mean he's he's signed to Tony Khan. Is yeah, I know. I, yeah, but I didn't know if his contract was up or not, and it was just not something that we had been talked about. Because I mean, it his feels like it's been
2: contract.
0: Yeah, his contract. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm excited to see it for sure. Either way, whether he's in AEW currently or not, like that's a good. It's a good thing to add to the show, kind of last minute. That's that adds more intrigue for sure. So, who do you think it could be? Ooh, that's a great question. I, my vote is Cesaro. It's
2: hmm.
0: a good vote. Has it been that long? He, yeah. His contract
1: expired. He didn't have a 90 day. Oh, that's yeah. right.
0: That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right.
2: I, I was kind of thinking they might bust out Tessa.
0: Yeah. Tessa. Against and, Ninja Mac? That'd be, yeah. I mean, that'd be cool.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, hey, we'd be, I'd be into we'd be it would be kind of revolutionary.
1: Yeah. And speaking of Ninja Mac, I'm pretty sure he's wrestling in Bloodsport tonight. Which, oh, nice. I don't know nice. what's going to happen in that, but I'm very interested to like go check that out because damn. I think, I think John Morrison
0: just did that, didn't he? He said a blood sports show? It, was it, wasn't it last night too? isn't it, isn't it like a two night thing
1: or Yeah, I think so. I think it starts tonight or it's was it's I know it's coming up either happening today because mm. it's like a bi- it's during the collective so there's all those fucking shows going on all day so I don't know the exact time, but it's happening.
2: I know Got John you. Morrison and Ty Valkyrie are having a do the dishes match in some promotion. During what? wrestle
0: time, I love that. I love that. Actually, that's amazing. That is fucking that's hilarious.
1: Uh, also announced: Minoru Suzuki is going to be on Supercard of Honor, facing Rhett Titus, the most beautiful wrestler for the ROH TV title.
2: Wow. There's no way you put Minoru Suzuki in that match unless I don't know. No, he's fucking winning, dude. You're
1: he's not he's not losing to the goddamn ugliest human being that's ever wrestled, like. <laughs>
2: Fucking half of the all night express who has been the one of the hardest workers for ring of honor for oh, a very that long poor time. guy. Oh
1: yeah. I mean, he's, a, he's not, a, he's a great wrestler. He just does not have the look. No, My theory
2: though is Minoru is not staying in the States. I don't think. So I think that it's going to wind up being Rhett and this is their way of putting Rhett over to keep him.
0: Whew. Man, I don't know how you put that out. That's, that's a face made for radio, but what, what else we got on there?
1: Uh, well, somebody who's not getting over is Marco Stunt, and he's not going to get a new contract for AEW. They're going to go
0: ahead and let it expire, which – I mean
1: that makes sense. Everybody saw that coming. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah.
0: When you can sub in uh, Christian Cage in that in that faction instead, it, that's a much bigger upgrade. Sorry, Marco, love you to death, but I mean, I, I think yeah, I, mean, I think even he a, would be like, yeah. I mean, well, <laughs> they had a Christian, so AW's well, is right <laughs> now with yeah. way better people. Sorry, I mean,
1: Marco's yeah. cool, but oh no, he's great. Yeah, he's yeah. No Christian and he's, Cage, and,
0: and dude, honestly, he'll he's gonna do great. He'll go back to GCW. He'll help that promotion build too. It like everyone that's wrestling is just in such a great state right now. I feel like I feel like there's so much value. To, Cause now um, his stock is fucking yeah, higher, so it's just gonna make, yeah, definitely. And, he, and he's got a lot more places to work now, so
2: good he for him. He also has been this entire time, like except for the injuries or whatever, he's been working and still getting paid by AEW, and it, that part of it is incredible to me. I could also definitely see, as long as Vince McMahon is still breathing, he always had that Mighty Mouse idea, and he fucked it up with Neville. I could totally see him being like, bring him in against Omos. Oh God. <laughs> Jesus!
1: Oh
0: God! Definitely don't want to
1: see that shit.
0: No, I, I mean honestly, like what makes me cringe the the hardest is that that makes perfect sense in a Vince McMahon world. Like that that I could that sounds it doesn't sound far fetched at all. It sounds yeah. very based in reality. Dude, uh, and
1: also, AEW's on the up and up. Uh, they have really, really high ticket sales for the upcoming LA Dynamite in the forum. And apparently, they've already sold out what they have, but they're going to open up more tickets. And they're estimating like 13,000 to 14,000 people. Ooh. That's like that's like getting up near those Grand Slam numbers, which is insane that it's just sold out that quickly. Which, hey, props to AEW. Anybody saying that they're not drawing is clearly not paying, paying attention to stuff like this and is just being biased because, hey – Yeah. Dynamite last night was fucking fantastic like I yeah. think they're definitely on the right track.
0: Oh, Tony sure. Khan's
1: been booking th- everything great. I can't wait to see what he does with Supercard of Honor. Whew, it's going to be crazy.
0: Yeah, I'm excited, man. I'll, honestly, too. I think that I feel like people think that AEW and WWE are similar in like the television world because they have a big television contract with, you know, like a big company that used to feud with wwe to begin with and there's like all this tv 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 but like to me AEW actually runs more like mid 90s wwf where it was really more about the live business and like having better wrestling and the storylines were they were longer told it it took a longer time to tell the stories um and i feel like it's benefiting AEW because i do feel like I mean, yeah. I mean, we can talk about ratings, which I still think is so archaic. And I think the entire argument behind, like, oh, well, this show's got more ratings. It's like, dude, who? Who? Show me like ten people that watch regular cable television in their house on a daily basis. Yeah, that give a fuck. And about I'll that. and I'll show you ten liars because they don't like. I, I just I just don't I don't believe that it's real. And I think AEW is the best run promotion right now because it's returning to pro wrestling, not just in the storytelling, but also in like the way they're running the business. It's more about the live events. And having a card that people want to come to see and will also watch on TV as, as opposed to the other way around with TV rights and endorsement deals and the sports entertainment side of WWE.
2: Merchandise. Yeah. Definitely. I, merch to me is the key. I, I think the, the main thing totally. everyone's kind of criticizing is like not creating main stars. And I severely disagree.
0: Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Same. <laughs>
2: The success of WCW, man. Like, they didn't create main stars until they took a chance on DDP, who was 35 when he started, and they took a chance on Goldberg, who fucking concussed Breck Hart. Like, it's – you know. Yeah. I, I don't think you need to create main stars. You need to take what you have, mold it, and turn it into success.
1: I mean, they did create a main star with Darby Allin, who killed it in the main event last night against Andrade.
0: So – I mean – Correct. And, and their world champion is – Yes. They, is made there, you know? So – their past two world champions were not made in WWE. By the way, exactly. Um, but whatever. That, I, again, those are dumb arguments, and i and that's the thing too. Listen, I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want it to sound like I, I I'm just an AEW fanboy. Like I want WWE to be good. This is all a matter of opinion, and if certain people think that WWE is better right now, I don't. I cannot possibly fathom why. But that doesn't mean that they're, that I, you know, I'm right. And they're wrong. Like if they like, if you like WWE more, that's cool. I don't want a fanboy for either one. I like pro wrestling and sports entertainment. I like it all. Uh, And we're definitely going to get to that in this show. What else we got on the news though, bud?
1: I mean, that's really all the main, like really big headlines that were in the news. Uh, like, like you said, WWE, I want them to do good. WrestleMania is coming up and really how many matches are either of you really excited for?
0: Um, there's two. There's two that I'm excited for.
1: Out of it's, a two night show, yeah. there's only two matches you're excited for. What about you, Jesse?
2: Um, I would say probably also two.
1: Like same here, like AJ Styles and Edge and the potential Cody Rollins match, and
0: I mean, I'm excited I'm actually I think Roman and Lesnar's gonna be great. I mean I think it's gonna be a really good I mean when, dude, I'm I've never seen them have a bad match. Everyone's like, Oh it'll be cool Roman and it, Lesnar, but it's always damn good. Every time they wrestle, it's great.
1: It's going to be cool, but it's not going to be – I just know it's not going to be just legendary. I mean it will still no, be a great right.
0: match. You're right.
1: It will yeah. be a great match, but it's eh, possible – the possible potential of Stone Cold maybe getting a little physical. We're yeah, maybe yeah. looking forward to that,
0: but – Yeah, same. Overall, same. like – That's it. Those are the big moments that I want to see, yeah.
1: Like their mid-card titles aren't even on the line. They're not even going to be defended on the show.
0: It's just – That's insane to me too. Like you literally have –
1: WrestleMania, you couldn't get two like used-to-be prestigious titles on the show? Come on now. Oh.
2: I left one out though. I will say I do definitely wanna watch Zane and Knoxville.
0: Oh, okay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's I am gonna excited be
2: to see that.
1: Yeah, that's oh, a man. Be good. I thought you were gonna say Omos versus uh Bobby Lashley. I thought you were talking about that
0: match.
2: Oh yeah, of course, because that's what I would like to see.
0: That's what anybody would I mean I don't know. I guess some people would like to see it. It's possible. It's possible. Why y'all doing that to poor Bobby? I I don't know. It it really just seems like a bad idea Uh, but what wasn't a bad idea was way back in 1997 so without further ado let's get into the meat and potatoes of the show today's show is wwf's wrestlemania 13 versus wwf's wrestlemania 18 and let's get right into it the opening match here on wrestlemania 13 um it's a very nostalgic open actually before we get to the match with like the movie guy narration and like I don't know Vince on the call still it's like it's it's weird because even though we're into 1997 I think this is why I like this year so much is because it's like still has these tales of like the new generation like these like still got the remnants of the new generation but the attitude is it feels like it's organically coming in there dude that's exactly like what I have in my notes when I'm talking about one of the matches
1: in this show I was like dude it's like it's like a transitional phase for WWE
0: at this point yeah
1: the adi- like you said, the attitude era is like sprouting up in little little things. Yeah. But it's, I can do, I have like literally the exact same. It's actually about the first match.
0: Yeah, man. This, so this is that we're witnessing the conception of the attitude era essentially um, during this moment. Uh, and the first match kind of shows you how all, all over the place they were. It's uh, the Godwins versus the Headbangers. Versus Furnace and LaFon versus the new Blackjacks. Um, I thought the Blackjacks promo before was hilarious. Um, I don't know. I would argue that this is the year that WWF started using like that multi-man tag match type thing as an exciting opener um, on their WrestleMania card. Um, I mean, it is a lot of action, but not a lot of continuity. Uh, the early elimination of the Blackjacks and Furnace and LaFon was like super weak and not well done. Um, And the match kind of turned into like a basic tag match with the Godwins and the Headbangers. Obviously, there's no real storylines here. So it was what it was. It was not great. It wasn't awful, but it was below average. I gave it two beers. Uh, Where are you at on it?
1: I mean, yeah, it was pretty damn cheesy. It was like very, very 97. Very 97. Yeah. And like I said, had a little bit of the attitude had because of the Headbangers, really. But the rest of the teams were that very cheesy stuff going. And it was just... uh, it was okay. It was Vince on commentary to start the show off, just hearing it. It's still weird because is like pre-Mr. McMahon. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I put it was an okay match. It was just kind of too much going on for me. But I went two and a half beers, a little bit higher than you. Two and a half, okay. Because okay. it was at least a little bit entertaining. They did some yeah. fun stuff.
0: Yeah. We got an ad for In Your House, uh, which I thought was really well done. The little commercial thing was well put together. It was on
1: 422, if you noticed the date. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then we we go back live and the honky-tonk man is out there uh, in the ring and he hops on commentary. So now we're up to four guys in the booth uh, and the honky-tonk man being one of them. So let's just say the commentary for this next match was not very great. Um, But the match here did actually surprise me. It's the Sultan versus Rocky Maivia for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. I, I feel like the Sultan character is underrated. I think I liked the gimmick. Rikishi looked physically like small like like fast and like strong um i mean obviously rikishi is like the hall of fame character that it worked out it's not like it didn't work out for him you know um but yeah rocky's not quite the rock yet but he's close like you can tell there's more attitude in in him than we're getting in the um in the character i guess Um, And I thought the match itself was good. I thought the finish was clean um, and I thought it was actually slightly above average. I'll give it like three and like a drop three, like right at a three, but just a nice little edge over there. I do think the post-match is what kept it from being any better because the back one losing his mind was hilarious and she kind of getting his shit into, but I don't know. Rocky Johnson getting there. uh, It just, it got, it got too much. It got way too, too cheesy, too fast. And I feel like it overshadowed the match because I thought the belt to belt in the match was surprisingly very good. Um, So, yeah, I'm just going to stick with just the flat in the middle three on that then. Where are you at on uh, the Sultan versus Rocky Maivia for the IC belt?
1: Well, I didn't quite go that high on it. I mean, it was pretty good, but it wasn't anything amazing. Uh, Honky Tonk Man was definitely pretty funny on commentary. And I was thinking, dude, like Bob Backlund and Iron Sheik are like the two most insane managers you can have.
0: Yeah. Oh, definitely. No doubt about it.
1: There's like the two most fucking psychos when it comes to just even like in normal life, you know how they are. They're crazy, uh, and it's enough, funny. Yeah. You got some Rocky sucks chance in here. This is p- the pre-die Rocky die, I guess. But you got some. Yeah. Uh, We're getting some there. Pretty heated fans there. Yeah. And this is right. before – I mean, he didn't really get that attitude till he joined the Nation. That's like when he really started to break out. But his, yeah. This gear here is stepping it up a little bit because it's it's he's he lost a little, uh, you know. Yeah. A little frilly things. He got a haircut. Things are looking better. I used to have this version of the rock toy with this gear.
0: Oh, yeah, me too. Oh, I I think I still might actually in my attic, but, um, yeah. Yeah, The aftermatch was pretty fun for the match, but, yeah, I just uh, went two beers. Two beers. Um, Oh, wow. Okay. I liked it a lot more than you did, I guess, but... Uh, after the match, we, and all the shenanigans, we get Ken Shamrock in the back, kind of getting some promo time about guest refereeing in the submission match. And I gotta be honest, I had totally forgotten that this dude was involved in the match. Like I knew he was, but the match was so good that it didn't even matter if he was there or not. And so like, we'll get to it's that. Cause
1: he sure. didn't like interfere or do anything right until like right. after the match.
0: Yeah. Um, the promo from Hunter Hearst Helmsley here with China was a classic wrestling promo. Okay. Uh, it didn't. It wasn't very good. It wasn't bad. It just felt very NWA-ish, uh, almost 80s stylish with, you know, you only need to know what I told you and blah, blah, blah. Just like really cheesy villain lines. Um, I don't know. But then the match here is Hunter Selmsley versus Goldust. I thought it was a brawl from the jump. Um, I thought Hunter was really good as a heel at this point too, and Goldust has always been solid bell to bell. But I do feel like the pairing with Dustin as a face, he, at this, especially at this point, is a bit strange. Uh, I don't think it ever really worked in '98 for Goldust. I think the initial this initial babyface turn is what hurt him the most, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, this era of Goldust was, I don't know, just significantly better as a heel from the psychology side. Um, I will say too that like I while I didn't feel like the chemistry worked between these two characters, the China like being launched through this storyline, like the image of her ragdolling Marlena is like burned into my memory. Like I just, yeah, like, but it's vivid. So it's like, even though the chemistry between these two wrestlers wasn't that great. um, I, I vividly remembered this storyline and I think that the launch of Marlena and China both being a little bit more focused helped a lot. Um, I was a big fan of that. That being said, the bell to bell was a little bit clunky because the guys just had a weird chemistry for some reason. So I went right down the middle with it. Another three beer. Um, where are you out on this one?
1: I am right there with you. A winner, winner, chicken dinner. I also gave it three beers and, uh, yeah. Commentary was dogging on triple H's nose and talking about how ugly China was. Like this was clearly some of that, uh, punishment from the curtain call. Yeah. Like Vince was just they were just dogging to, like, look at that fucking nose. And, like, basically, they didn't say fucking, but they were yeah, all, they were like, JR said something, King said something, Vince, they were all going in. They all kept making fun of China. They're like, oh, my God, like, she looks like they, dude, I forgot who they, some guy they compared her to. They're like, oh, yeah, if she, had but, uh, <laughs> oh, excuse me, oh, but yeah? JR was like, yeah, if she put on a wig, he might look just like him. But I was just like, <laughs> geez. I mean, they're both great wrestlers, but uh, it just, this just wasn't it. And the yeah. keister clobber, Jesus.
0: Yeah, the Keister clobber.
1: He like blocked with his ass, and then he's like, "It's the Keister clobber." He's like, "I don't. Yeah, I guess that is the Keister clobber." I mean, that, what else would you know?
0: Oh call? my god! What the what fuck? This is ridiculous.
1: But uh, yeah, three beers right down the middle.
0: Right down the middle, indeed. It seems fair. Um, after this, in the back, we get the segment, which is the classic GIF that we've now all used of Sean yeah. trying to type on the laptop. Um, it's hilarious. I love Sean Michaels so much, and it's moments like this that make him the greatest of all time, in my opinion. Um. But moving on, the next match here is Vader and Mankind versus Owen and Bulldog for the WWF Tag Team titles. I was pleasantly surprised by this match. Um, I thought Owen worked his ass off, especially in the open with Vader there for sure. Made him look awesome. That powerbomb was intense. Um, and we've been pretty critical of Bulldog on the show here. Um, but the work, his bell to bell in this match was very smooth. And against guys that aren't known, you know, Vader and Mankind, neither one of them are known for being great technical wrestlers. But I thought, I mean, Bulldog looks really, really good. Um, I mean, it's four legends in the ring, no doubt, for sure. Vader and Mankind worked surprisingly well as a team, too. I forgot that they had had this moment, but it was a pretty good tag team match. Surprise of the night, at least for me. I won't say it was the best match of the night, but I was surprised by it. It did go a little too long. And the non finish is what knocked knocked it down. The non finish um is what knocked it down to three beers for me, but it would have been above average if it had just had a clean finish. Um I still gave it right in the middle. Uh because the bell to bell I thought was surprisingly very, very good. Um so yeah, three beers for me. Where are you at on this t- WWF tag team title match?
1: I did not quite go that high, My and goodness. literally because of the shitty finish.
0: Oh, okay. That really, really pissed that me bad. off yeah. because
1: it was a solid tag match, just like you said. Very, like, very good teamwork with Bulldog and Owen, and also that story of the dissension was like really great in the match. Like they told the story well, and King was dogging Stu hard on commentary.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Naturally, like, that's what he does.
1: Do- he was dogging the hell. King was just King was really good with his insults uh, on this night. Yeah, naturally. Yeah. Keeping it top notch, but that shitty finish, the non finish, just really fucked it up because it's like. Like it was, it was, it was really picking up. You were having a good time, and then it's like, ah, ah, ah not, no more. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Fuck you. Here's enough of that, it's Yeah. A fuck you. It was a fuck you to everybody. So yeah, two point seven five could have been three. Could have been three point five. Could have been near. Could have been even higher than that, possibly. Yeah, that's. I mean, depending that's on fair. what they actually would have did with the finish, if it was a good finish.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's fair. Uh, let's keep it going here. We got a package for Brett and Austin, which was really well put together even with old Todd Pettengill as the narrator. Um, It always hit me in this nostalgia bone when you hear him narrating a uh, a video package. Uh, I loved that for sure. Uh, And then the match here is Bret Hart versus Steve Austin in the submission match. Uh, Man, the, the crowd is lit up for the match for sure. Um, All the brawling on the outside of the audience is normally not my cup of tea, but I thought because it's these guys doing it and because of the like atmosphere they were in, it really, really worked. Um, I mean, you couldn't really deny the excitement of it. Um, and then once it did get back in the ring, it's like a clinic. Like when people are like a Matt classic, like this is a Matt classic. Like, I mean, I just remember being the first time I saw this and I actually thought Brett had like lost his mind. Like I thought he had like legit just lost it. He was just so vicious and you'd never seen that side of him. And I'm like 12 when this, when this match happens, you know? So that figure four on the post for the first time that was the first time I'd ever seen it and it looked so sick. And Austin sold like a madman. The chair shots were massive. The crowd was just locked in, man. The iconic shot of Austin straining out the blood running down his teeth. Um, it's a masterpiece, man. And if this ain't a six pack, then nothing is. So uh yeah, six beers for me all the way. Full sixer. I mean, I'd give it more if if, if we could. Um Wex, where you at on it?
1: Where the fuck do you think I'm at on it? Yeah. <laughs> Six beers, baby. This is a 100% a yeah. six-pack match. Yeah, absolutely. One of the all-time classics. One of the greatest matches ever. The best double turn ever. And just like you said, like, is, this is kind of funny, though, because if you think about it, is this Bret Hart's real personality coming out? They're like, oh, yeah. he's just whining. He's just yes. a baby. Is he's this baby. him just really being him? He's a baby. Because that's what the Attitude Era was all about, right? I agree. You being yourself and turning it up, and he was just, this is bullshit. Yeah. That was pretty good, right?
0: Oh, yeah. That was actually a pretty good one. That sounded kind of like him, too.
1: Yeah. and I, I, That was first try, too. Uh, but, yeah, dude. Great. Just so many little details in this match. Just like yeah. you said, the f- the figure four on the corner post, And, like you said, Austin's selling his facial, yeah. his body language is so fucking good. He's just yeah. so desperate. Like, with every, like, movement, yeah. it's just, ah. Uh, and just just so much emotion. Greatest double feet. turn.
0: Yeah in the history of the business, like being able to do that in the ring, bell to bell without even cutting a promo is insanely difficult. And those I mean, guys pulled it off perfectly. And this is like
1: when he's really starting to do is like really becoming stone cold. Like yeah, the, he's you know, not doing many middle fingers, but he gave a couple middle fingers in the match and like, yeah. you know, it just dude super fired up. And then the fact that he wasn't supposed to bleed the blood is really what
2: Push it it, pushes, it.
1: The, pushes it to that six pack level, yeah. Because that intensity, like you said, like when he's oh, just it's all running down his face. Like it is just so gnarly. It's just such a just, a, just the, amazing visual in my head. It's like amazing. every time I think about like when I think about Stone Cold, that's what I think about. Think I about think color. about him fucking
0: being think, yeah. the toughest.
1: So this is yeah, what earned him the moniker the toughest sob. I want to say
0: because and I'm pretty sure Brett cut him. I'm pretty sure Brett is is the one that cut him, which exactly. to me is super like, impressive. Just amazing. Just
1: an amazing fucking match. I'm sure you've seen this match before. And then Bret Hart, if you watch it, he did a very Crossroads-esque swinging neckbreaker in the match. Yeah, he did. And I was just like, dude, there's so much, just so much layers to this match. Just great shit. Match of the night for this WrestleMania. Oh, for sure. Zero doubt. 100%. yeah,
0: Yeah, zero doubt. Yeah.
1: Whether you're a Stone Cold fan or not, like, I'm not even a really big Bret Hart fan, but I love this match.
0: Yeah, it's a great one for sure. It's a great one for sure. I also thought, too, that not only just with the match, but Bret backing down from Shanrock after solidified the heel turn because that's something Bret Hart would have never done up until that moment. Um, And so, I don't know, such a great match, great iconic booking. Like, to be able to do that with, like, you know, a lot of times it's like, uh, and this is what a lot lot of the, um, you know, creative guys or writers have always said. It's like, you know, if something goes really well, then it's all the talent. And if something goes bad, it's all creative's fault. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes you got to give them shine, too. I'm sure there was an agent in this match. I'm sure they had some kind of help, probably Pat Patterson. Uh, the idea of booking a double turn here and making it work and relying on these guys to do it was very smart. Probably top ten match all time. That's, this is probably a top ten match of all time. Um, moving on, though. We yeah, got a I'll,
1: def- I'll tell you, though. It's in my top five matches of all yeah, time, for yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Um, nation of domination got a promo in the back here on the LOD and Ahmed Johnson. We're not going to spend too much time on this piece of <laughs> shit. Um, it might be Ahmed Johnson's best performance, which isn't saying anything at all. Um, hardcore kind of new at the time. So the crowd was still super hot for it. Even the weakest hits that we would consider like, uh, like this match would have never worked in any promotion today. It was just so weak with the shots, but I guess like weapons and all that was still kind of new at this point, point 90, '90s, early 97. um, Yeah, I don't know. I thought it sucked. Uh, I mean, I guess it's really hard to follow, you know, Brett and Austin, but it's just lots of clutter, lots of stutter steps, missed spots. Crowd loved it, though. I hated it. I gave it a beer and a quarter uh, just because the crowd liked it quite a bit. Where are you at on it?
1: No way. I literally, again, have the exact same rating, a beer and a quarter. And if you guys listened to the podcast last week, we covered WCW Uncensored '97, and was this their answer to yes. Public Enemy versus Harlem Heat? It because must have been. it was the same bullshit yeah. uh, commentary. Was not as good. Wasn't <laughs> even close to the WCW level, but it was still oh. pretty good. Um, a horrible pile driver on the table, oh.
0: just it's it just a chaos pile driver. Bullshit. He just like uh, rolls off. He like picks him up for a pile driver and then just rolls off like. Doesn't sit down, just like steps off the table. It's it's so stupid. And there's so much bullshit that can't that's behind
1: this match because I was listening to I think either grilling Jr. No, was definitely grilling Jr. And you know the fire extinguisher spot they did a yeah. couple different times. They used the wrong the the wrong fire extinguisher twice. That's why they start like coughing on commentary and like somebody have asthma over here and you see how dusty it was because they use like the chemical shit when they're supposed to use the other one that just sprays like the air. Yeah. Cause you know, like it n- normally never yeah, like, yeah. goes yeah, around yeah, yeah. like that. And yeah. like they did it two times in a row. It yeah, a bunch of idiots. It yeah, uh, just like, geez, but yeah, yeah it was just trash. Uh, bullshit. Yeah. I'm mad. I'm a hot fuck. Ahmed Johnson's whole ass cheek was out by the end of the match.
0: Yeah, it was God. I mean, I feel like that's a story of his life too. Uh, which is sad because honestly, I feel like he had a lot of fire in the match. Um, yeah i do genuinely think it was probably one of his better matches but the match sucked so that just shows you because he was great tagging he with the road
1: was. warriors he had to he
0: couldn't go out there and just yeah pussyfoot yeah but the road warriors aren't this is not the same road warriors <laughs> of the 80s for sure yeah
1: but he, he has that respect for him though you know it's totally. like oh
0: yeah, yeah you got to go sure. out he's got to go show out for them i get it i get it i get it well uh speaking of showing out hbk gets a full-blown entrance uh just to come out on commentary <sighs> um for yeah. the main event which you know what? Listen. Sean was an asshole at this point. I get it, and I can understand now why people really hated it. But to this day, I still love it. I still love. I don't know. I just love the cockiness of it. Um, yeah, it was just a weird segment too. Brett got out there too to get more heat in the like after entrances, but before the main event, which made no sense. Like, it's like this is not the time or place for this dude. Promo I really to didn't happen. like that
1: shit. It was horrible. And uh, dude, like you said, Sean was super over. They had oh, yeah. a sign. I saw a sign in the crowd that said the HBK Cream Team.
0: Oh my good! And they
1: they they filmed it like you know like did it, and then Vince McMahon called HBK Prime Pork. I don't know if you heard that on commentary.
0: Prime Pork. He wow. called him
1: Prime Pork. My. Goodness. And I was like, Jesus, what the fuck is going on here? And King was just healing super hard on HBK, like talking shit about him, and like. You know, we call Kurt Angle Perk Angle. Like, what is Shawn Michaels' like peel nickname for this era? Because he oh,
0: God. he was just as know.
1: he was just, like Perk Angle, but he was the OG Perk Angle.
0: Nah, he was taking somas, man. Like, no, Soma Kurt, Kurt
1: Angle was also taking somas. He said yeah, that,
0: but but somas was were that those were HBK's pills of choice.
1: Well, I'm just talking about the first wrestler to be on pills and just wrestle his mind out and just have great performances. Got to be Shawn. Got to yeah, be. Yeah, he was, he was the OG <laughs> to do it.
0: <laughs> the OG <laughs> paved the way for old Perk Angle. Um, now nah, we love both guys on the show. They both, but they both figured it out, man. Both thought, oh, they yeah. turned their lives around. Both, both had awesome now. second halves of their careers too. Um, yeah, but same can't really be said for the match here. It's the Undertaker versus Psycho Sid for the WWF Championship. Uh, I mean, for the match, it's two big men. Um, they, you could tell that they they were both giving it all they had. Um, that doesn't always mean that your best is good enough. And I think that this is the case of that um, commentary. I thought was genuinely very good. I thought they did a really good job of trying to get Sid over. And I thought it, it really worked. Um, it seemed like Sid was giving his best effort. At least obviously it's two really big guys. So unless you're both really ultra athletic, it's not going to look that great. And that's what it was. I don't even think that the match was poorly worked. It was just the spots felt awkward. all spots felt awkward. It just all felt awkward. Cause they're both so, Big. Like, it just, and like lanky big. You know what I mean? They're like not, not wide. You know, they're both like tall and lanky, long limbed dudes. So it's almost like watching two spider monkeys roll around. It was just not, it just felt (laughs) weird. Like, it just didn't feel right. Some of the false finishes in there were actually really good, though. Um, I don't know. It's still below average to me. It was too long for what it was. It was all the interference spots were too much. The whole Sean Brett thing was too much. Below average to me. Um, Two beers. I gave it two beers. Where are you at on?
1: Dude, I was not a fan of this match at all. Like, it was a fucking awkward start from the beginning with the Bret Hart thing. Yep. And there was just too much focus on HBK and Bret Hart in this match. Like,
0: oh, it I started totally. off
1: focusing on them. Like, Sean got his own entrance. And then Bret Hart interferes twice. Like, what the fuck is going on? And like you said, clunky is the best word to describe all the spots in this match. Like... Oh, Yeah clunky that's the perfect because it was just like they would it just didn't look right and like they were fucking bear hugging for way too long just just not fun like too much shenanigans like honestly i was more interested in the commentary exchange between jerry the king lawler and hbk like that was more exciting than what was going on in the ring like
0: yeah all in all
1: it's a shame like they weren't the the two wrestlers weren't the focus but It's kind of, I mean, even when they were the focus of what was going on, it wasn't that good, but I went a beer and a quarter. I just didn't think it was very good. And that sucks because the undertaker and even Sid have had way better matches.
0: I agree. I agree fully. I mean, the story of this night is definitely Brett and Austin, and that's the way it should be. Um, There's no reason to really watch anything else on this show other than that. It's their Mania. Uh, Yeah, it's their mania for sure. Um, And they pulled it off completely. Um, I mean, to me, surprising gems were the sold and then my via. I didn't think it was as bad as I expected it to be maybe. And then, um, that tag match. I thought would have been, it would have been a great tag match. had there been a decent finish on it. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for WrestleMania 13. Let's chop over here about it's only dude. Sorry. Think of how different it is. It's 97, right? Five years just, later, right? It's only five years later, dude. It's yeah, only five right. years, dude. How crazy does about, that even
1: sound, dude? But think about it. Think think about how much things change in five years, dude. I don't know, man. Think, even think now, much, like, think about wrestler. Think about what wrestling was five years ago compared to what it is now. Like,
0: I don't know. Honestly, I feel like wrestling in 2017 and wrestling now is pr- pretty similar. <laughs> like. I mean, I guess, but like, just they're how not much, so much different than '02 to '97.
1: Yeah, '02 like to '97, because of gap. Because wrestling, re, like it Blew
0: completely up, reshaped yeah. over those next few years. Totally happened. It totally happened. So let's get right into it, man. We're going, it's 2002. It's WrestleMania 18. To me, this is the last show of the Attitude Era. A lot of people would argue it's WrestleMania 17. I would argue that we have another full year of the Attitude Era, and it ends here, WrestleMania 18. But that's either here nor there. The opening is actually saliva, but I just want to save you guys a a quick check. We're not going to talk about that. Four minutes, 22 seconds. That's all you got to do. Four minutes, 22 seconds in. It's their last note, and then you get the actual production package open, which was very good. If you've ever seen the history of WrestleMania DVD, this is the exact same open. It's the exact same one. Um, so that's what they opened with. And then they went into like more personalized stuff with like Triple H and Kurt Angle and Jericho and Kane and all that. So the opening match here is RBD versus William Regal, another hot name in professional wrestling today, 20 years later, for the WWF Intercontinental Championship, uh, which we have been talking about. So, man, let's, let's get right into it. I thought it was a good booking to have this one start um i thought the crowd is at a actual like fever pitch hype you know just from the beginning cuz it's the first thing they see and rvd is exciting um rvd caught regal early with a kick in the face that got like a little bit of hardway color which i think actually added to the match in the best way oh, yeah. like it was like the right cuz it was just a little bit but it was noticeable enough and william regal's facial expressions as a villain are just second to none so just that like, gritted teeth face with like the blood in his teeth was It was a great visual for the match, for sure. Um, The suplex that Regal gave RVD on the back of his head was Jesus Christ! Like, I, I mean, I literally, like, I was sitting down, I forgot about that bump, and I like stood up, and I was like, "Oh wait, this is like not happening right now." I know that RVD is alive today and can walk, so like, he's fine. But like, Jesus, that bump was—I literally have to note Jesus. After that suplex. By good, way, sweet notes. lord in heaven. That was insane to me. I thought the match was great. It was hard. It was, you know, a hard worked match, very stiff. Both guys really beat the hell out of each other. It was quick, but it delivered a really great, exciting pace. And they had surprisingly good chemistry for having two different, completely different styles. I gave it three and a half beers, above average to me. Um, where are you at on it?
1: I didn't quite go that high, but very close to that. I went three and a quarter beers on that match. And I thought it was a great contrast of styles. Like even the storytelling for a, for just a short match was great. Like the brass knuckles, right. All it's like, it's, a great little device you can always use to like, you know, do some shit like that and just gnarly looking like stray jacket neck breaker from William Regal too. And that suplex. Yeah. And like you said, that bloody mouth just gave it that extra. Ooh. Then you got a uh, Brian Hebner pre armband in this match.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, you got a lot Rock of stuff going on and all. Yeah. But uh, it I was short
1: it. and sweet and yeah, three and a quarter beers for me. And like yeah, a really solid Regal match. And one of the memorable, better Regal matches that I can think of.
0: I agree. I mean, probably because it's a
1: WrestleMania, it's just opening match.
0: WrestleMania matches he's had for sure. Uh, Let's keep it going here. We got a Christian promo on DDP, which was not bad, not great, but not bad. Uh, And then the match here is Christian versus DDP for the WWF European Championship. I do not ever remember him being the European champion, so it was nice to see that. I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like we have all poo-pooed on the DDP run for so long. And granted, he didn't have a great run, but like, I mean, the dude held gold and he got a win at WrestleMania. Like, it's not. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like – like, people act like he just came in, had that one angle with Taker, it didn't work, and then he jobbed out. That's not what happened, clearly. like, um. So I guess they did try to make a run out of it. It just – it didn't really work. But I will say that the belt-to-belt belt was surprisingly better than I thought it was going to be. I, I feel like DDP could could tell, and we're going to talk more about other WCW guys coming in, that, like, the WWF style was better um on – uh, outside of the cruiserweight division, it was better. Like the, the end ring was just better. Um, and I think that DDP stepped his actual bell to bell game up in this match. I was surprised. It was surprisingly good. I thought the counter to counter to counters that they did a couple times were very, very smooth. Um, uh, and there were a couple of near falls that the crowd was super wrapped up in. And I was too, I thought it was quick. Uh, DDP got the win. Um, not as good as the open I thought, but, um, I, I think that it's, it could have been if it just had a little bit more time, um, so that being said, I just went right down the middle with it. Three beers, uh, either way, very good. I think honestly give them three or four more minutes and it would have been three and a half or more. Um, cause I was pleasantly surprised. Probably, I'll say this best DDP match in WWE.
1: Yeah. I mean, I thought it was really fucking good. I also went right down the middle, three beers and it was, it was gnarly. It was stiff, like yeah. hard hitting some like good, good near falls. Just like you said, uh, like, dude, they're both of their selling and their facials, they just had good chemistry. Their character work was good, and it ended up just being a pretty damn solid match. Even, like, Kristen's little temper tantrum at the end, add a little bit extra to it. And like you said, it was short. If they went a little bit longer, it probably could have got a little bit of higher rating. But, dude, three beers, like, just solid DDP match. And honestly, I've never really seen a DDP match on any show that we've ever called. I'm like, dude, this sucks, you know? He's just, he's really solid in the ring.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah, I agree. I agree for sure. Let's keep it rolling here. We get rock uh, with a promo in the back with coach, which is an amazing promo. as Oh always. yeah. It's amazing. I mean, really God, great the, dude. I, the rock is just so good, man. He's just so good. Um, as always, but moving on the next match here is gold dust versus Maven for the WWF hardcore championship. Um, gold just pretty much beats the shit out of Maven and Maven <laughs> gets a couple of sloppy spots <laughs> in um, the shovel spot was fitting to me considering what happens to both of these guys moving forward. At at this point, this is 2 So I'm pretty sure Goldust is not long for this world before he's fired. He does come back later on, but I think he spends like two years outside of the WWF or WWE for a while. Um, Either way, match was not very good. Then Spike just slides in and seals the title, and then they continue to do these hardcore segments in the back. This is, okay, I gave it a beer for that because I was like, the match, so I went back and gave it a beer because I was going to give it a dud, but like the fact that they use this and it turns into like a backstage running uh, segment that just brings a little bit of comedy and it doesn't take too much time. I was OK with it. I was like, all right, it, it deserves a bit," because most of the stuff that happens backstage with the hardcore title is pretty entertaining. Um, so I was like, OK, it's a nice little break. Um, it's a good palate cleanser before you get on to another good match because it's WrestleMania. So having that little bit of humor in the background, I think actually helps kind of carry WrestleMania 18 along. And uh, we'll get to that. Unfortunately, the bad butt rock, new metal bands playing in between, it feels like every single match made it feel very 2002 uh, drowning pool played here. Um, and they just showed a video package on the Titan Tron, which I thought was another miss. Uh, but honestly, every time they stop playing, the crowd erupts like it seems. Like, I mean, it's 02. I will say that at the time drowning pool and like, you know, saliva were massive bands like they were like top 40 on the charts bands like horrible though yeah for sure for sure but i mean like it would be the equivalent of having like um i guess like a bad bunny honestly or like yeah but, but, but having not
1: a, much else to say about that match i didn't give you my rating but i only gave it a beer too because it was just another fuck fest
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah and uh honestly right. the funniest part about the whole match was what maven goes for the drop kick when gold dust is oh. holding the trash can and he just completely misses it
0: and like, or Gold and then dust, Gold dust was, just proceeds to beat the shit out of him more like and i was like all right well that's fair i mean you have one job it's a big trash can just drop kick the trash can like it's not that hard uh, and
1: i agree with you an outrageous amount of butt rock on this show but like you said dude those bang, like drowning pool let the bodies hit the floor those 02 they yeah, were over bro. like they were rover, over dude. yeah
0: for sure and 02 Oh man, they were massive for I can, I can attest for sure. I was wearing Jinkos. I had frosted tips and I was listening to really bad music in O2. So I can a hundred percent say for sure they were very popular. Um, we did get more hardcore title stuff right after that. And I, again, it was entertaining. I enjoyed it. Um, angle came out and kind of cut to promo too, which was solid. I feel like this Kurt angle Kane match was kind of rushed to be put together. It's like, Oh, we don't have anything for these guys. Let's put them in a thing. Uh and it wasn't really a very long feud or not even a feud at all. Um where are you at? Let's let's go ahead and kick kick off here. Kurt Angle versus Kane. I mean,
1: honestly it was kind of cringe just hearing JR talking about Kane's head trauma the entire match. Yeah. And honestly I wouldn't be surprised if old Glenn Jacobs doesn't have a little CT from all them head fucking shots and chair shots. Oh, for sure. But uh I mean Kane was taking some stiff bumps and they were working. They didn't they they did what they could with a short amount of time and I they really, you know, like I said, they did what they could with the short amount of time. So I went two beers with it. It's just uh hearing that head trauma shit like excessively just kind of got old and and it just wasn't eh. It is yeah. what it
0: is. Two beers. It, it is what it is. Um I, I actually I gave it two and a half. Um I because okay. I did I did actually feel like Kane's bell to bell was very solid. I thought he wrestled really well in this match. Yeah. I mean, granted like, you're wrestling Kurt Angle. Um but also too, like this is my favorite gear. This is my favorite Kane gear, um, the mask, the like tank top, like kind of sheer. Like I don't know, he just looked like a badass. I think this is the peak physical Kane. Um, and I
2: oh, will yeah. say, it's I like
0: all, tank top Kane. Yeah, me too. I think tank top Kane's is my favorite. I think it's because he's in No Mercy that way, and No Mercy is my favorite mm-hmm. game of all time. And the like, I don't care who you are, but like when you played No Mercy, the first time you saw that choke slam where he like slaps him and then lifts him up, it's it was like oh. Like, I'm going to be Kane from now on. Like that's- Dude,
1: I've done that for years. I even taught my little niece to go, like, <clears throat> for the choke slam. Uh, to oh, go.
0: yeah. Yeah, you got to. You got to get the slap on the throat before you even go. It's the slap first, then you move the arm, yeah. then you do the slam. But everyone moves the arm, too. It's like that's part of the move, which is just so fun to me. Um, yeah, I agree, though. I mean, you know, it was what it was. Um, I thought there were some really good high spots, though, really good near falls. Um, again, I think the main issue is just not lack of story there, but let's just keep it going. Hurricane kind of gets his segment with the hose in the back before Godfather catches him. I thought this is the highlight of this whole hardcore angle. It was super funny. It was very, um, sophomoric and very like dick joke friendly, but I don't know. I I still think that shit's funny and I'm not going to apologize for it. So, (laughs) um, yeah, then we got a package for taker and flair very well put together Such good writing. I think this whole feud between the two of them leading up to this match was booked really well. Um, And the match here is the Undertaker versus Ric Flair. No DQ match. Where are you at on it, Wex?
1: Dude, the crowd was going fucking nuts for like the first five minutes. And all they did was just throw punches. That's literally all they were doing. And the crowd was just going fucking unglued. And like once Flair got a little color, you know, they just, you know, Flair did his Flair shit. And... I feel like, you know, like they kind of like mentioned it. Like Flair thought his in ring career was over, but after he had that match with Vince, like, dude, this match was fucking great. It was like a good old Southern style wrestling brawl, and him and Taker went out there and killed it. I thought it was really good. I went 3.75 beers. I, I really enjoyed it. It didn't quite hit that four beer mark just because the type of match it was. And, you know, Flair's done this type of match way better before. But for his age at this point, dude, him and Taker, they fucking, they went out here and killed it.
0: Oh, dude! I thought, yeah. I mean,
1: it was like a perfect uh, Flair style match.
0: Yes, yes, that. And I think that that Flair. I mean, I know that you know, if you listen to the podcast or, or, or you know read any of the dirt stuff, if you're into this backstage stuff, which clearly you are, you wouldn't be listening to the podcast. Undertaker really wanted this match to happen. Like he he, as soon as Flair came into the company, he was like, I want Flair, mania. I want that to happen. I want it to happen. I want it to happen. So, I think that he knew. That he could have, he could be a great foil to a, a babyface Flair, and he was. I thought this was a really great match, first real match Flair had back in the company, and I'm not because you can't really count the Vince Rumble thing; that's more of just like a fight. Dude, Flair in this match just sold his ass off. And he did all the, the Flair spots, all of them well. All the same ones you saw in the 80s and 90s well. He didn't mess them up. It was very similar to, like, Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam 2 Like, it's, that's very similar to the way it all worked out. Like, he, it's like he had no time off. Like, it was just, it was perfect. I would argue that outside of the HBK matches, this is Flair's best Mania match. I would say that outside of, you know, I mean, I think this is better than the macho man match that he had. Um, I, I really, I mm. mean, I, I,
1: I mean, I yeah, cause match. it was bloody and just gnarly. It was a good old, it was a NWA style flare match.
0: Yes. And it's hard hitting and it's no DQ, but it stays in the ring. It's a banger dude. Two legends with gas still left in the tank. I absolutely loved it. I love the finish, too, where it's like at this point he's American Badass Taker. He's not doing the Tombstone anymore. You hadn't seen it in months, and that's how he ends the match. I mean, like I get that if you're just going back and watching it in a bubble, that doesn't really might not make sense to you or you might not yeah, care about that. But at this that,
1: point, he was a it completely had been different character. Probably well,
0: over. A, yeah, well, over a year since we had seen the Tombstone. So, like uh, five beers, five beers. I Ooh, loved this match. Five beers, absolutely okay. loved it. I loved it, man. I loved it. I loved it. I
1: thought I thought I really liked it, but I guess I didn't love it.
0: I loved it. I loved it. Love flair. Love, uh, I mean, I, and you know, outside again, outside of the HBK matches, I think this is probably takers best WrestleMania match. Um, yeah, hey. let's keep.
1: Uh, hey, the Shawn Michaels is the man. That's what, that, oh, that's yeah,
0: just what it is. Sure. That's what I mean. He's Mr. WrestleMania. That's that's, He gives everybody their best WrestleMania match. Um, Booker T in the back here with Cole, um, on his match with Edge, I don't really remember this angle happening at all, and there's probably a reason for that. Um, let's get to the match here. It's Booker T versus Edge. Um, I I didn't mind it. It was a couple a couple rough spots for sure. That Hurricane run off the top was a rough botch. Um, <laughs> it honestly felt like their timing was off more than anything else. Uh, it was kind of a just a a quick crowd pleaser too. They didn't very get very much time. The people were hot for it, but it was kind of too short. than to even be down the middle. It was so fast, I feel like. I gave it two beers. I was like, I mean, I want. it's like right when I felt like they were kind of getting into a rhythm, the match was over. So I was like, okay, I gave it two beers. I wanted to give it three, but I was like, I don't, I mean, what did they get, like four minutes, six minutes maybe? Yeah, it was really short. Yeah.
1: And I, I went a little bit higher. I went two and a half beers on it. And like you said, like as soon as it was like, yeah, it's, it's heating up, you're like, ah, yeah. oh, welp, uh, yeah. very anticlimactic. Uh, yeah. It was Booker's first Mania match, so and Edge. I knew since Edge was in Toronto, he was gonna win because isn't that's is that his hometown? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I'm, I know he's from Canada, knows his hometown, well, I think but yeah. he's from Winnipeg. I'm not Winnipeg. Sure. No, that's the no, only people from Winnipeg are Jericho and Kenny Omega.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah,
1: and Don Callis. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was a solid, but it could have been better. I've seen both of them have way better matches, and. They're both guys who can kind of do comedy or serious and kind of mix it up. So, like, I guess that's, like, one thing that kind of worked for a few because a few was dumb as fuck. It was over a shampoo endorsement in Japan, a, a sponsorship, like a commercial.
0: Yeah. yeah
1: that's I what they were so. feuding up. Like, so that was pretty fucking dumb. Uh, two and a half beers. Uh, Booker T and Edge's careers only went up from here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Bo- both of them. Uh, they both improved. Um, careers that didn't go up after this so much this was kind of the tail end of a, uh, yeah of uh both participants actually yes. moving forward it's uh we get a package for scott hall and stone cold the package was better than the build was like it's like all the moments they used in the package like if you watch them on raws or whatever leading up they weren't that good um but the package made them look good um so you know well done there uh but in the moment it wasn't i don't know Felt, it, it felt very mid card, which is crazy considering it's Steve Austin in 2002. But it felt very mid card. Um, anyway, the match here, yeah, Steve Austin versus Scott Hall. I did really like the O2 NWO entrance, where like they're like it gets grainy and it's black and white only when you are on them. Even mm. when they cut back to Austin in the ring, he's still in color. And then they cut back to the ramp, and it goes back to like, like I was. That's that's like really good production. Like that's some Kevin Dunn smart shit right there. Like. Um and then there's all this weird sound after the music goes off too when it switches back. And it's like it's almost like I don't know, it's really well done. Kevin Dunn, hats off to you. I noticed things like that. I appreciate it. Um yeah, I mean Austin just beats the piss out of Hall for like the first five minutes until they kind of settle into a decent back and forth. And again, man, R.I.P. dude, the Scott Hall punch is just so, so good. It's the best punch in the business. Um and Austin's still throwing his arm every time he got hit, which made it look even more devastating um it's it's great too what i notice uh, the more we cover these stone cold matches is that like where he doesn't change his facial expressions a lot to sell like a lot of other main event guys do he like crazy moves his body when he gets hit or like uh kicked i mean he's like throwing his arms or you know what i mean like because face kind of stays the same but he's so over exaggerates and moves that it, like it just works for the match. And I thought this was really good. Um, honestly, I felt like the match was way, way better than I remember it being. Like, maybe it's just that, that people have kind of shit on this angle so much that I convinced myself that it wasn't very good. But watching the match, it was a really good match. I thought the interference worked. I thought it was well booked. I really enjoyed it. I ended up giving it four beers. I was like, this was way better than I thought it was going to be way better. Scott Hall looked really good. I thought for some reason I was going to see it and it was going to be like, oh, he's, he sucks or whatever. Or he's missed a step, but he looked great. And that super stunner. The double super stunner finish golf clap, bro. Golf clap, four beers. I, you could even, you could talk me into four and a half, to be honest with you.
1: dude. Where are you at Wex? I'm literally right there with you with almost the same notes. I have four beers. And I have to note, at the time, I know pre- people were pretty down on this and thought it was a downgrade, but, dude, yeah. it was really good. Yeah. It was a fucking mat. And like you said, Scott Hall, like, at this time, I'm thinking in my head, Scott Hall's going to be all drunk and fucked up because that's the how they were portraying him at the time, like, yeah. like in the dirt sheets and the media yeah. and stuff. And he was just – he was great, like, great counters, oh, great. great reversals, yeah. like, very smooth stuff, like, not really necessarily a Matt classic like Austin and Britt, but, like, the brawling was great. Like, the yeah. wrestling – like, the wrestling they were doing was good, though. Like, even yeah. though it wasn't, like you said, like submissions and technical stuff, like the the slams, the reversals, the clotheslines, just like Two the Two of the gold, best punches in the history punches, of the business. like, just like you said. Just let them throw hands, The Interference, the match, the presence of Kevin Nash just made it that much better. Absolutely agreed. Like, him Absolutely stopping agreed. and bringing him down the ramp, and yep. then how much JR sold it on commentary. Like, this ain't a damn tag oh, match. Commentary was so bitch.
0: good. So good. And it's so good in this whole show, honestly.
1: And... That stunner, like the super stunner, that is the greatest stunner of all time. I'll say that's the greatest stunner of all time. Like, Mm. have you ever seen a better-looking stunner?
0: I got to say that I think that, okay, this is the most underrated one. Nope, it's not The Rock. My favorite stunner of all time is the one that Billy Gunn used to take when he had the time when it wasn't just heat 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 he would take the stunner and he would like pop up on his feet and almost like do the dolphin with like the straight arms and like stumble forward and land on its face I like to me that's the best stunner of all time like because he, he lands it down he goes back to his feet like he's like Popeye like stumbling around and just walks and face plants and I'm like almost like a Ric Flair but it happens okay. faster than that it happens faster than that like it's it's like two steps and then he's just down like he just there's so much energy I don't know I that's my favorite stunner of all time
1: I but just love that scott hall stunner it's so oh, good yeah okay. no next yeah, to the Rock, amazing. the rock stunner the rock sells the stunner great too but i amazing. love just because and then jr's like that's hey, our wrestlemania stunner yeah it's just it was oh very good yeah so much nostalgia just great good seeing scott hall and like i said i'm was pleasantly surprised that he looked good out there he didn't look yeah. all fucked up like like no, they were no, trying no, to portray good yeah. stuff here dude you beers
0: too loved it
1: fantastic match
0: agreed agreed fully agreed um after the match, we get a rundown package for the WWF access that was happening at the time. I liked that. It was very cool to see. I hope that they do more of that. Like, I, I mean, I know they have access, but it's like they don't even talk about it at WrestleMania anymore. And I'm like, I don't know. You should show some footage engaging with the fans because you guys hate to do that these days. But maybe you should show us that there are still people that care and show up to these things. Um Yeah, anyway, moving forward, the next one is a multi-man tag match. It's uh, the Dudley Boys versus the APA versus the Hardys versus Billy and Chuck for the WWF tag team titles. Uh, Of course, we get Saliva playing um, the Dudley Boys out again. And the fact that um, they got to dance with Stacey Keibler truly does hurt my feelings a little bit. Like, it hurt my feelings. I will say that. Fucking Saliva, dude. I
1: accidentally saw them live once they opened for like kiss or some shit and i was like 12 <laughs> at starwood dude i mean i would god that's,
0: that's a <laughs> hell of a show i i would love to open for Kiss kissing starwood oh, i
1: wasn't man. i don't think i was vibing for to saliva at that point i might have been 13 maybe but yeah i was young and
0: not vibing to saliva it is what it is man it i don't is think what it is. is
1: they were vibing in 2002 though i tell you that
0: Bro, they were vibing. They were they were big in 2002, man. I can attest 100%. I was there. I lived it. Uh, I was in high school. So, yeah, it was very real. Um, yeah, this match is quite the cluster, though. Um, it, did, it felt like some of the other matches went long or something, and it felt like they were rushing through it to get everyone's spots in. That's what it felt like. They pulled it off, but it's almost like when you watch a wrestling show at, like, 1.5 speed. Like, not double speed, but, it like, that's what the whole match felt like. Uh, the Stacy spot certainly doesn't age well, but I, for dude, one, was glad so to see it. I was, you know what? It's it for the time, for the time. This is the best way they could have used her, um, and I appreciated it. Um, the work rate oh, yeah. was. Was it
1: WrestleMania Access? They were showing a mold of yes. her
0: ass that people oh, were dude, touching. By the way, I like. I was. Gr- it was like a grinning cringe. Like I was like, <laughs> <"Ugh."> <laughs> like like it's like I'm like I'm cringing, but I get it. I mean like yo, I mean it's funny. Um, it's so funny now. Uh, I don't know why it's tickled me pink though. Uh, <laughs> especially for dude, I will say this for eight dudes, uh, in the ring. Uh, it, 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 it seemed to, it, they kept it together, but it did feel rushed. Um, I do feel like the Hardys would have been a better choice to go over at a mania. Um, but still I gave it two Harden and a half
1: versus Dudley's that just
0: do yeah, that match. I gave it two and a half beers. Um, I didn't hate it. Um, but I didn't love it. That's where I'm at. Where are you at on it?
1: I mean, I really just went right down the middle because it was just like an okay tag match, not anything amazing, but I don't think it was below average. And cause you got to see, you got to see some of the big hits, some of the big spots, but I feel like it was really rushed at first. And once they got the first two guys eliminated and they focused on the other two, they kind of got to get to slow it down a little bit. But, uh, Billy Gunn looks just the same now as he ever did, which is just fucking yeah. crazy. Love. uh, yeah, three beers right down the middle for me. But Billy and Chuck sucked. I really never liked that team. The one Billy Gunn never got over either. Oh, you want
0: to know? You want to know whose favorite ever tag team is Billy and Chuck? Who? Nick Iggy. Nick Iggy. Iggy. Okay. Loves them. Loves them. I think that's hilarious. Big shout Mm. out to Nick Iggy. We love you on the show, man. We gotta get you on sometime. Bakers doesn't? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Let's keep it rolling here, though. Uh, the next match on the card, man, this is the milk. This is the milk and honey, man. It's the meat and potatoes. It's what everybody came to see. It's what sold all the tickets. Um, it's Hollywood Hulk Hogan versus the rock. Uh, I'm going to say this here. And now the crowd is the star of this match. Um, and I mean that in the best way, uh, to this day, I'm not sure I've ever heard a crowd control, uh, the beginning of a match and have that kind of engagement like this ever, like ever in the history of wrestling ever. Um, I mean, this is a sports entertainment match for sure. It's punches and kicks. It's a couple bumps. here and there, it's Hulk Hogan, you know, it's, it's Hulk Hogan at, but it's Hulk Hogan at like his very best. Like this is better than any match he ever had in WCW. Even yeah, if he's actually trying. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Like dude, the level of engagement there. I mean, regardless though, you got to give a devil. I mean, listen, we have all, we've both shed our personal feelings about Hulk Hogan as a human being on the show and probably will continue for the rest of time. And but you have before to give it a little bit about any of that. Okay? It doesn't honestly, like I'll say this, it doesn't matter. The dude is the, there would be no, he's right. There would be no WWF without him. And like, no, we would not be here without a Hulk Hogan for sure. And this dude, this was the perfect blend of passing the torch to the next generation, making it believable. Um, the selling dude, the selling, the selling, the selling both, both dudes. Like it's not a five-star Meltzer Bell clinic, but this is a six pack of a sports entertainment match all day the moment to me the moment that's that the icing the cherry on top is after all the bullshit after the nwo comes down and hogan's back to being a baby face and they they beat down holland nash and they have their pose moment the moment is to me during all of that the rock is the rock right like he is still you know the pie eating like you know like he's still that guy he's still in the moment right But when they're up at the top of the ramp and he's he's the rock the whole time and Hogan holds up his hand and he looks over and looks down like his face changes, his body changes. And it's like, that's Dwayne. Like he's literally like standing there like, dude, you grew up with Hulk Hogan being a Hulkamaniac and you just beat Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania. Like, I, I feel like that was the beginning of the end. I feel like we just saw real Dwayne realize there is nothing bigger than this. I'm, it's never going to be bigger than this. Never. And that was like, all right, I got to find something else to do. Like, <laughs> I got I to gotta find, maybe I should just give this movie thing uh, my full go because I've done everything now. I've, I've done everything. And that was, yeah, this is it, man. Six beers to me. Where are you at, Hogan Rock? Dude, I'm right there with you. This is a fucking six-pack
1: All-time fucking classic. This is one of the all-time epic WrestleMania matches. I feel like this is our generation's version of like Hogan and Andre, like how big it was. Oh, totally. Like the just like you said, I've never seen a crowd that electric go like that. And just like you said, what else could The Rock do after this besides, you know, wrestle Stone Cold one more time? But even any of his matches with Stone Cold were never this fucking hype. Never. As dude, as soon as Hulk Hogan started hulking up. Like it was I insane. I thought that the crowd was hyped before. Like they started fucking
0: losing it. People in the front. If you watch this back, there is not a single body that is not up. Maybe even jumping up and down. Yeah, I jump, mean, it's like, just, dude, It was like, insanity, dude. It was insanity. Hulkamania yeah, these two was guys running wild. Bro. Like wild. Commentary
1: bro. that they show that every time they go by, they are just literally jumping yes. up and down. Every like it's crazy. Hulk, like dude, like big boot leg drop, Hulk up, dude. Fucking – I lost it too. I was just like watching like, dude, this is nothing fucking fancy, simple moves, but super effective selling. So
2: just, good. So and good. only
1: two people like The Rock and Hulk Hogan could even do this.
0: Oh, yeah. Like
1: you – like there's no. nobody – I mean nobody. Stone Cold and Hulk nobody. Hogan
0: maybe. No, nope, I don't think they could have done it. It would have been too different. It would have been too different. It would have been too different. I think that this is once in a once in a lifetime, dude. Like it's just I mean, it was a, too
1: a literal once in a lifetime, not yeah. twice in a lifetime, yes. like John Cena.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, I like John Cena now. We've been there. To me, John Cena doesn't touch even The Rock or or Hogan or no, or Austin. He's not. I mean, he he held, I mean, he's a big name, and he, I I respect everything he's ever done. But he's not in the same talk. He's not in the same conversation. He's just not. He's not. Yeah. I, I will agree. He's not even close to, like, my
1: Mount Rushmore. Not at all. And, like, Stone Cold, The Rock, like,
0: I mean, come on now. Come on Let's now. keep it rolling here. Unfortunately, there's more matches after this, which is silly. There's, yeah, which should have been, that's kind of
1: what makes the rest of it kind of a bummer because why was that not the fucking main event?
0: I agree. So we have all a palette so next we have a palette cleanser, which is uh, Trish versus Lita versus Jazz, right? But triple threat for the Women's Championship – um, this is another one that I feel like the work, okay. For the work rate in the women's division, these are the three best possible women you can put in the ring. I agree with that. This is pretty damn high on the card. If you look at it and lay of the, of the land, this is 2002. We're still, we just had a spot where we where Jeff Hardy slapped Stacey Keebler's ass and, and then, then immediately kissed her and then shoved her off the apron. This is just, that's where we, we are. However, we still have, you know, you have Trish, you have Lita, you have Jazz, and you put them in the semi-main for the women's title. And this is another situation where I feel like kind of like the tag match where it's like something ran long. And they are trying to get all of their shit in. Oh, we know exactly what ran long. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we
1: know exactly what it ran long.
0: Yeah. But yeah, yeah, like
1: it was like 2.5 speed again, like you were saying.
0: Yes, it was just so fast. It was so fast, and it was rushed, and it was cluttered, and the, even the finish was just uh, felt abrupt and almost out of nowhere. Um, I mean, I'm glad that you know Trish got her her moment or whatever, but it it was too fast, and it was not their fault at all. Ah, uh, but I couldn't go more than two beers again because I just felt like it wasn't. Fit. I can't. I can't rate it even in the middle when it's that 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 brief. Where are you at on it?
1: I went two and a half beers, pretty much almost right there with you. And the same way
0: we did the other one that was too fast, essentially. Yeah,
1: it was just it was just too yeah, literally like you said too quick and it did just suddenly end. The crowd did not give two fucking shits about this match. Yeah. They were dead as hell. And that sucks for them. And I was thinking about like, why doesn't jazz get talked about more like Trish and Lita does? But I know like now why? Cause she has like had a concussion lawsuit with WWE and some oh, other yeah, shit going yeah, on yeah. with them. And, uh, she didn't really like that whole diva direction they went. And I don't think she was probably, don't, don't blame her. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, she's a wrestler and Lita did a little bit of that diva type stuff, but she never really fully leaned into it. Like uh, Trish Stratus did.
0: Oh, I can fully agree with that. I can fully agree. Now, here we are, though. It's the main event of the evening. It is Triple H challenging Chris Jericho for the Undisputed Championship. This is back when they still had the two belts, too, before we went to the one unified. It's the WWF title with the big gold uh, WCW title. Um, Man. Okay, so... I just think that they should have not had the women's match at all or cut something else off the show. Maybe even the tag match, um, or maybe just cut all of the hardcore stuff out and put, um, or maybe cut like Booker and edge. I'm not sure. I don't even know where you cut because there's tons of hall of famers on the show, but I really feel like it should have been, you know, you do that tag match and then you have the title match and then the show closes with Hogan and rock. And I feel like there's ways to do that in the storyline, with having that happen, I can understand that the rumor has that the politics were both Jericho and Triple H were feuding with each other backstage as well. Just shitting on each other all the time. It was a political nightmare between the two of them, but they both were adamant, like, no, it's mania. We're in the title picture. We're going on last period. Like we're, we're closing the show. Um, so I guess it's on them. Um, but yeah, I mean, the match suffered just because of placement on the show, because it was a great match. It was. It's a great match. I mean, it's. I would say because of where it's placed, because of where it's placed, it got four and a half beers. That being said, it should have. It would have got five and a half. It would have probably, or maybe even closer to a six, if it had been placed in the right spot. But four and a half beers. It's a great match. I mean, Triple H, Chris Jericho, at the height of their like peak physically. And I don't care what anyone says about DX, about anything else. This Triple H this is the most over as a babyface that dude ever was ever. Like he was the crowd was very into him but the yeah, O2 exhausted. Triple
1: H like you're you're correct. O2 yeah. Triple H is the most over babyface Triple H of all time. He yeah. is pretty much a heel for the rest of his career after that. Yeah.
0: And honestly he's a by the time we get to SummerSlam, he's a heel already. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's crazy how it was, it was so short and not well put together. But like, yeah, he was very over in O2 as a singles baby face. Um, and honestly, like when he wins, knowing what I know now also jaded me too. Like knowing that like, you know, he wins and then it goes forward. And it's like, honestly, it's a pretty short title reign. He drops it to Hulk Hogan because Hulkamania is running wild again. And then. He's a heel like within a few months. It's like he only has a title for like eight weeks or something like that. I think he has like one, dif- one defense where he wins and then he loses to Hogan. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. So yeah, like, I'm pretty sure you're correct. It's crazy. Yep. And
1: dude, so what'd you, you went four and a half. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I did not go quite that high. I just went four beers. And one thing that really suffered was the fucking entrance. Like you have motorhead as your theme. Yeah. And you come out to this bullshit with this bullshit band doing this forcible entry shit. There's no way Triple H was happy about that. It sounded no. like shit. Yeah. It was trash. Not and good. they weren't even like – this wasn't even drowning pool or saliva. Like I don't yeah, know who the I, fuck yeah. this was.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. That's what I, – I I didn't I, – I still to this day don't know who that was or what that was. But it was not good. Whatever it was, it was not good. It set the tone for just everyone to be pissed off and like
1: – if you go, like, if you're going to go break it down technically, like, story-wise, like, great story. Sold, like, the, the leg, like, gr- like he yeah. sold that great the whole yeah. time. Like, work rate, like, the execution was great. Psychology the crowd, was great. Yeah, psychology, like, everything, storytelling, like, everything you traditionally do in a wrestling match, that's like, executed everything perfect, but no one really gave a fuck. Like, the crowd was just not into it. Like, even that table spot was cool to set up for the pedigree, but yeah. back body dropped them, like... And it was pretty short, to be honest, for a main event. That's what really kind of got me too.
0: Yeah, well, like, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. we know we know why. But uh, four beers for me. It could have been, like you said, could have been higher. But the placement on the card and the crowd just kind of killed it.
0: What's crazy to me too, though, is after talking about two of these WrestleManias, the best match, the uh, were both six packs for totally different reasons, mm-hmm. totally different matches, and both neither one of them were main events. How crazy is that? And both of those
1: WrestleManias are known for those matches. Yeah. It's wild, right? Like, like didn't the DVDs have Rocket yeah. Hogan on the cover? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And I don't oh, know if yeah. they did for Austin and Brett, but like when it came down to it, Austin and Brett, like, that was WrestleMania 13.
0: Definitely. I mean, definitely. I mean, especially when they, because I mean, especially in 97 when like home video and like VHS was still very popular, like all the marketing. Once the tape came out was Brett at Brett and Austin on the, on like the cover of the tape.
1: Oh, well then there, it makes sense. I mean, and even though some people might disagree, which I wasn't, I'm not the biggest Bret Hart fan, but you could say that that's kind of the Mount Rushmore of like WWE, like the four stars that like, you know, really put the company on the map and made them, made them what they are today.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like that makes sense.
1: Like, Hogan was the 80s, Bret Hart was, like, more the early 90s guy, and then Stone Cold and The Rock were the late 90s, early 2000s, and then Hulk Hogan came in and wrapped it up and sealed it all back off, and you know, it's crazy how Triple H, uh, you know, lost the championship to Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was the technical last ever WWF undisputed champion, and that championship was, you know, the big gold belt and the winged eagle technically combined into one, yeah. and those were he was so synonymous and iconic with both of those belts. I just think that's a cool way to wrap that up.
0: Yeah, that is cool. It's cool to see the Eagle, like it landed right back with Hulk Hogan. And that was the last time you saw it. You know and what I And
1: actually mean? have a replica undisputed uh, title with Triple H's nameplate
0: on it. <laughs> nice. That's classy. That's classy. We'll have to throw that in the chat, man. Uh, so if you had to pick one of these two WrestleManias, which one is it, is it for you?
1: <sighs> for me, it's 18. 18 is more my generation. Uh, it's I, ha- I feel more connection, more nostalgia to this WrestleMania because 13 was a little bit before I was really watching wrestling heavy. But that yeah. Stone Cold match, still one of the greatest, like you said, six-pack. But 18 just connects with me personally.
0: Yeah, I, you know what? I think I'm with you on this too. Like I'm a 97 guy. 97 is my favorite year overall. But I think that this this mania i mean i don't know man like even to the today like i mean watching that like that show that match today the rock and hogan like it was just i just felt it the, the emotion i still felt it i still felt it you know what i mean which is just so crazy it's just so crazy
1: and what else is crazy 13 is the beginning of the attitude era and like you said you agree 18
0: is the end of the attitude. era. I agree. I agree. And then we have a couple forgotten years that we'll get to next calendar year uh, before we get into the ruthless aggression era. There was like a couple forgotten years in there. So yeah,
1: three was a weird, weird year because weird. Year, I like come back looking at just random shit that had to do with oh three. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like Rodney doing some Rodney Mac research. I'm like, when did yeah.
0: this weird shit happen? Like what? Yeah, that was quite a show, man. Jesse. What would you think about it, man? What would you think about WrestleMania 18, WrestleMania 13? Which one? Where do you land on it if you had to pick one?
2: I got to say, to be entirely honest, 18 falls in that video game wheelhouse that I really love. And yeah. so there's mm-hmm. an entire start to finish roster there that I really do like. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of fizzles. There were a lot of things that just don't make sense to me. 13, I think, was severely underrated. But yes. I will say 13's main event, dog shit.
0: Dog man. Doo-doo. not but good at all.
2: Thirteen was also responsible for the best double turn in history.
0: Yes, agreed, agreed, man, agreed. I, well,
2: I still call eighteen the winner overall in terms of a show, but in terms of influence on the sport, I would have to give it to thirteen.
0: Yeah, I, I, I can. I, I guess I can see that. I can see that for sure. Um, yeah. Well, let's talk about next week, man. Next week we are covering this insane weekend of wrestling friday is like super card of honor saturday like during the day at noon is the nxt portion of mania which is stand and deliver and i think mania starts at three i think it starts at three that's a, no that's way a, yeah i'm almost
1: well, I'm moving on saturday so i'm probably
0: definitely gonna have to you know
1: now oh, can, can, can you rewind on the cock now
0: now, when I say it starts at 3, I think it starts like um, pre-show starts at pre-show. 3. Pre-show.
1: Okay. Because you that, not still, be to the
0: cock, so I want to at least be able to. That means 4 till probably 11. Probably Jesus. 11. If I had to guess, I'd say 4 till at least 10, 30. So that's at I'm least six have and a half like, hours. Watch
1: what I can and wake up the next day, then watch some in the morning before the Sunday shit starts. Yes. Jeez.
0: Yes. And then rumor has it there's going to be um, some kind of documentary thing on Peacock. Uh, is a live feed before night two, um, so I don't I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's Hall of Fame thing they're gonna piece together. I'm not sure. Maybe they'll announce it later. Maybe they've already announced it, and I'm just an idiot. I don't know. But it's just a lot of shit. Uh, this current mania we were just kind of talking about it, but um, you know, it, all right, we you pick one moment out of two nights on Mania for me, it's I know. Hey, take the easy way out, but it's got to be Rollins and Rhodes, right? Like that's what it is for me. That's what's selling this entire event is that possibility at least, right? If we're talking about a wrestling match, yes. If we're talking about some cool
1: shit, maybe the Stone Cold doing doing a little something something. But uh, besides that, yeah, I don't got much interest for this upcoming Mania, which is sad because I mean, hey, look at the shirt. I'm I'm wearing the the 18 Mania shirt, what? you know. <gasps> exactly. I want to see want to see him do good. Like we said earlier, I want to see
0: him do good. Yeah. I ho- hopefully they knock it out of the park. Honestly.
2: Styles Edge. I mean.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah.
2: There's a thing there.
0: Yeah. That's and that's gonna be to me. That's like guaranteed. Like that's the cuz because honestly man like you know with the omegas of the world with the young bucks of the world I love that style of wrestling I really do but sometimes I miss you know the Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart uh you know Edge to be honest type style. You know, I miss seeing vertical suplexes and hip tosses done right. Actual body slams. You know what I mean? Like those kind of maneuvers. I just, I I miss that style hey, a lot.
1: Jay Lethal and Mox had a pretty solid match on uh,
0: Dynamite. They did oh. utilize a lot of classic stuff
1: like that. That was really solid.
0: Mox, listen, I have ripped that dude to shreds, but dude, since he has come back, since he's been sober and been back, his belt to bell, it's like every match he's had, I feel like is his the best match he's ever had. Like his bell to bell is so much better. His body language has changed. He's more intense in a believable way, and not like a cartoony, like, uh, you know, tough guy that dies in the Sopranos halfway through the show. Like that, that, like that. Yeah, the the shoulder rolls have been less egregious. So that's I, if he could just cut those out all together, I might actually start to like him. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, as I talked about uh,
1: earlier in the show, how the intercontinental championship nor the U S championship are going to be defended on WrestleMania this year, which is a goddamn travesty. Uh, and, to, and both the champions, Ricochet and Finn Balor, like they deserve better. Like Fuse if they them. are not on WrestleMania, but Johnny Knoxville and Logan Paul are.
0: Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like also like, obviously you don't have enough time for these mid card titles anyway, because you have too many titles as it is. So why not just like do a unification or something? And like, I mean, honestly, what I would do if it was me is I would put all of them and then whatever happened to the Cruiserweight title? Did that, did that, that resolve It's too? still on NXT. Is it?
2: Yeah, but it, they, yeah, they just – like they blended – It's like it, their mid-card they? The title American now. Title. They
0: just, it's not Cruiserweight anymore. It's all just North American, right?
2: Yeah, I think they unified them.
0: Yeah, I think I have them. a triple threat with all three of the, Put put it on that should that is what should main event stand in delivery. If I if I booked it. Put yeah. the North American champion with the United with the United States champion and the intercontinental champion. The winner comes out with the only mid That's it. There's no yeah, more. There's, there's just one. one. And it and can float through other shows. It. Yeah.
1: All right. So clearly they don't give a fuck about the Intercontinental Championship. And Literally. that's where we're going to lead into my trivia for this week.
0: Okay. I love it.
1: So, like I said, it's not going to be defended on Mania this year. And the last time that Intercontinental Championship was defended on any pay-per-view was last year's WrestleMania. Okay. And Apollo Crews won the title from Big E in that, like, Nigerian drum
0: fight. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's okay. right. Okay.
1: So there's been a one-year drought of pay-per-view title defenses for the Intercontinental Championship. Do you guys know the last time the Intercontinental Championship was defended on pay-per-view that wasn't a WrestleMania?
0: Night of Champions 2019. So close, so fucking close. Is it 2020?
1: You're, the name and the year are slightly
0: off. Oh, it's Clash of Champions. Uh, 2018.
1: No, Clash of Champions
0: 2020.
2: 2020. Wow. Jesus. And
1: it was actually a really awesome triple threat ladder match, if you remember, during the uh, pandemic era with Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles, and.
0: Sami Zayn. Yeah, it might have been uh, uh, Sami. Sami Zayn, yeah, because he was the fake champion. Was it Sami Zayn or was it Nakamura?
1: No, it was Sami Zayn, because remember, Sami Zayn, when he he had the. They both had two titles.
0: Mm mm hmm. Mm hmm. But. That was the last time that 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 championship had a decent angle with it, too. Yeah.
2: I was going to say, I couldn't touch the answer to that question with the stolen dick, but when you mentioned it, I remember it now. Yeah. And think about
1: that. That was in September of
0: 2020. Jeez. That's ridiculous, man. The poor IC title, man. How how far we've come. How far we've come that all these mid-card titles have just gone by the wayside. Uh, Speaking of going by the wayside, though, that's going to do it for us this week. You can always find the show at kayfabe.com um, on all of your socials except for TikTok. We're at kfabcom pod there. We're also kfab Compar- comparisons. Ka-pa-pa-pa. Easy for me to say. Kfabe comparisons on YouTube. Uh, be sure to leave the show a five-star review, man. Um, or, you know, if you don't want to leave it five stars, maybe just don't, but five star review uh maybe write a little line tell us that we're good or tell us that we suck or whatever um it helps out the show show so so much you can find me at daniel daybreak everywhere uh there are is social media wex where can people find you you can always find your boy wex at wex breaking the loss and on all of your social medias except for a couple other things that i'm laying low i've talked about it before yeah I dig it up in the archives jesse baker where can folks find you what do you got coming up man
2: you can find me at jesse baker nash on both instagram and the twitter you can find me at regular old jesse baker on facebook you can usually find me at the Hurryback or exit in down there on the rock block elliston place in nashville tennessee i will say the next baker's dozen it's going to come out on april 15th yes we can officially announced now that mr dylan hales and mr jaden newman are going to join us in a tandem Baker's dozen. I like that.
0: A little TWE action. I like that. A double dozen.
2: T.W.E. meet little uh, Southern Underground Pro, little Hales family, little background, little Tennessee wrestling, man, I love it. I'm man, so we had
0: we had Jesse on Jesse. Now we're getting a double dozen.
2: Hey. Oh. You know. man,
0: it's getting fucking freaky up in here.
2: Yep. That's how I like it. Let's go,
0: man. Let's go. All right. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Hola.